And so if you make sure you don't get taken off a pedestal, don't build one. Yeah. Just stay on the ground and say, I don't need a box. I'm fine here. Yeah. And stay in your knowledge and stay in your center. And you, you can't be hurt from that place. It's literally impossible. And, and everything else is just a projection or a judgment. And it's not a real reason to stop your light from shining. Welcome to the Genius Unleashed podcast with Carly Marie. This is where we have potent conversations all around the idea of unleashing the genius within you, within me, within your clients, and within the next generation. Enjoy. Welcome to a special episode with a beautiful woman called Elise James. I asked Elise to come on the podcast because she's someone who has been through something that a lot of people are afraid is going to happen, particularly if they build a big and successful business. She built a really big and really successful business that then turned to a bit of a disaster. Elise lost a lot of money, her marriage broke down, a lot of other people lost a lot of money, she received a whole lot of hate and I think occasionally still does. There were articles written about her. She was publicly named and shamed. And I think that hearing her story and seeing that she is still standing, still smiling and has learned a hell of a lot along the way, I think it's really valuable to hear about that. So I asked Elise to come on. She shares in a very candid and honest way. It's quite an interesting story. We go in all different number of places. It goes up, down and left and right. So tune in and you might find that there's something valuable in here in Elisa's story to put in your back pocket to help you to be brave in going after what you want. There's many interesting things about you, but one of the really interesting parts of your story that I think is particularly valuable to hear about and drill into a bit is that some of the things that have happened in your life are the things that everyone else is afraid of happening in their lives. And here you are being this glorious, gorgeous, stunning, sassy, bold, smiling, still standing person. Um, And I think there's so much value to sharing that. So let's just dive on into that. Hey. Okay. So, I mean, just to get to some context, I felt like I fell from the penthouse of a a skyscraper and splattered on the ground. So I'm kind of giving it some context so people see it's not just people going to come for you. I have to tell you, first of all, it was like probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I can say that because from a whole person point of view, it's not something you would ever want. It's not something you ever wish on anyone, but I really feel the universe was pretty kind to me to to do this. It's had its ramifications of me to work through and heal from, but I feel like I'm a much better person because of it. I feel like I'm a much more real person because of it. I feel like I'm a much more grounded person. We all make up constructs in a way, like we all make constructs of who we think we should be. And my construct was pretty mighty because it was coming from a pretty insecure place. It's kind of like where you see the Lady Gaga's that want that much fame to validate themselves. I was the business version of that. I didn't realize how much that everything that I was constructing was from that a place of need that wasn't necessarily a great place and I'm a big believer of whatever seed you plant you grow that tree so if you grow a really like please love me tree and your tree falls down then you're going to have a lot of feelings about that right whereas if you grow 
I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to be me tree. That's what you're going to get. That's why I think it was such a blessing because I don't think I realized how contrived my tree was. I grew up in a really small town in Lismore and I felt like a complete freak. I would look at people's faces when I talked to them and they were just... (laughs) They were just registering free. And I was like, what, what is it about me? Like, like it was just the way that I thought. Now, all the things that I think now are fabulous about me and that you might even like, I, I was really trying to hide them. And I felt that I was the genuine mad person. But what I noticed in the world is that um, poor people were crazy, but mad, like rich people were eccentric. And I was like, oh, I know, I've just got to be rich. And then it will all, everything will make sense, and I'll be really understood. And that, and and in my fifteen-year-old mind, that made a lot of sense. And I kind of used my power in this way to create this thing. And I had no idea I was doing this. I thought that it was what I wanted to do. I also got a lot of confidence from building a business. I built two businesses. One was called the English Teddy Bear Company. It had 150 staff. It turned over 5 million. And I started that when I was 19. And that was kind of fun. I, I went to England on a one-way ticket and I didn't have any money. So I kind of had to make some. And I was selling what Australians wanted back to England, to tourists because I was Australian in England and I couldn't find teddy bears and things I wanted. So I kind of created this company that sold England to tourists because that was my view of England. Anyway, I did that for a while until I was 35. And then I actually stopped and did a year at theatre school. When I was 18, I wanted to act. And my drama teacher told me that I couldn't act because I wanted to be a star and there were no stars. And she was fairly a strong woman and she had this amazing theatre company. I was like, oh my God, I'm such a bad person for wanting to be a star. And I put it all aside. And then when I got to 35 and I'd sold one company and I had some time, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to leave this stone unturned. I'm going to try this to see if it was actually anything. And I didn't want my life to be defined by what someone told me when I was 18 or something. So I did that and I hated it. I was so bad at acting. I'm like, I like being myself too much to act. So I felt like it was like, I didn't want to do that. And then I, lo- I really liked property and I wanted to have a passive income. So I was buying property to have a passive income, which was working really well. And because it worked really well, people interviewed me and my ex-husband in the Times and stuff like that. And so we got people going, I want to do that too. And so we started this company. And I was a bit reluctant because running a company, you hold a lot of people in your head, like 150 people when we sold our last business they all disappeared out of my head and it was quite nice. So I didn't want to have another company, but I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. So I put myself into it and it was this timing. It went really crazy. And we ended up having like a 300 million euro sales from this company. It was just, I, I, he was was a workaholic and I kind of got into this idea of working is good. So my confidence grew because people validated me all the time for being this amazing business person. And you've got to remember, I'm 53. Like I'm one of these Margaret Thatcher people. You know, Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister of England. And it was mostly as well that masculine energy is the only way to be a female. So I have to give you some context of all of this. So I'm like, they're going, you know, fuck this. I'm just going to kind of like just go for it in this very masculine way. 
that's one of the reasons why the whole thing was a bit of sad. <laughs> it's a bit of a sad affair because I'm literally running around. I'm making a shit ton of money. I'm staying in five stars hotels, but I literally work from Monday to Thursday in my office where there's like 40 people. There was a, like a wage, wage, monthly wage bill of um, 250,000 um, pounds, which is 500,000 a month. So we had to make sales. Like, you know, it's like, I have to say sometimes businesses run you and you stop running the business. And I think I was a really classic example of that. And also a lot of people were trusting me and I had, I have a lot of integrity and that was really hard. So I was trying to do all these things around my personal construct about looking good. And then there was all these people trusting me, which meant I, all my people pleasing things kicked in. So I was just on this little hamster wheel and I was miserable. Am I allowed to swear? Yep. <laughs> I was miserable as fuck, really miserable. And people were like, wow, look at her. Look at her and her lifestyle. And I literally would fly off to a country like Morocco or Montenegro every single week between Thursday and Sunday and work there and find and find deals. Then I would come back on Monday and start again. I had this PA who thought that I was the devil who wears Prada. I used to wear a lot of high heel shoes and stilettos because I felt that I didn't look the part like it was honestly seriously who would want this life but there I was building my little empire and people were validating at me and then I wanted to stop and I wanted to pivot and I wanted to have websites for natural medicine and I wanted to be a healer and I had all these instincts and thoughts beating inside my heart and I was like shut up I need to I need <laughs> Just shut up. Who's no one's got time for this? I have to do this. I have to do this. I cannot stop. Um, people are relying on me. You know, they, they're relying on me. And and then the 2008 crash came, and it was a shit show. Like it literally front the flatline property. And I decide I've got to keep going because what am, what are the investors going to do if they, they don't know anything and like they don't know what's going on? So I'm going to keep going. And people really liked that at first. And then after a while, they thought that there was something dodgy about the reason you kept, kept going. Like, how, how did you keep going when everyone else went bankrupt? And sometimes it's just will. It's like she goddamn will. It's like I'm not going to give up. And I had that very heroic for the wrong reason energy going on. And I was throwing everything at it. And when people would resign for my company, I would feel jealous of them. <laughs> it's like... Like, oh, shit, I want a resignation party. I really wish I could resign. And I really felt like, I, you know, my ex was very deal-orientated, so it was all about the deal. And I was just kind of like, without me, what's going to happen here? And I wouldn't let myself leave. And that's why I, and in the end, it just completely fell apart. And that's why I think the universe will, it gives us lots of, lots of messages like leave, pivot, go away, it's okay. And if you don't, it smashes everything up for you, like as a favour. <laughs> like, here you go, you're not making these decisions for yourself, so I'm just going to literally come along and tsunami your life. Um, and I feel that that's not to scare people, but to tell them. And that's why I love what you're doing at the moment, where you're just going, I don't really feel this anymore. And I'm like, I, like, hurrah, girl. Like, if I could give you all of the trumpets right now for you <laughs> feeling into your life I really feel like to be a successful female entrepreneur to feel into your life to make the changes when the changes are there is the gold mm. it's not anything else 
And when you asked me about this particular subject and this, the idea of whether I handled it, I was like, it depends on what paradigm you're judging whether I handled it or not. Mm. Like whether I, do I have as much money? No, I have hardly any money. <laughs> One of the things that I'm dealing with is allowing myself to have money again. If you don't pivot, the universe really does have your back and it doesn't look like you ha- it has your back when it wipes out your life, but in a way, such a blessing. I have a beautiful daughter. I am in a new relationship. I'm 100% authentic on the ground, rolling around in the dirt lady instead of running around in this um, construct that felt very um, not very fulfilling and also I felt kind of like I was this persona, like I didn't really feel like I was me anymore. And the people who wanted to see me wanted to see this version of me that wasn't who I was. And they'd come and say, I want to have a meeting with Elise and I would just want to run out the back door because like Elise had left the bill. Like I just couldn't show up as that person anymore. So my question for you is people being afraid of having it and losing it and what that will mean. And you're on the other side of having it, losing it, um, learning a lot about yourself in the process, receiving a lot of hate and learning a lot about people. I'd love to hear maybe a little bit about you had it and you lost it and you're still standing. You're okay, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I am really okay. Like, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because for me it was like learning about the, con- the constructs and what we define as successful as well. So I'm struck at the moment with why is money such a key component in success mm. where you know, I wasn't happy. I didn't have a happy relationship. I was not fulfilled. I was literally just mostly having a nervous breakdown standing up. It was like, I'm one of these high functioning dysfunctionals. And I, I meet them all the time. For example, my clients are around 28. They're in corporate life and they're going through transition where they really want a different life, but they feel like they've worked so hard to get this perfect life. And it feels really weird for them to give it up. The biggest realization that really helped me was I fucked up badly. I felt like shit. I lived in Argentina for a while, which is where our last project was. And then I had a child which seriously saved my life. She is this miracle person that came into my life. And I was like, as much as I can trash myself, I couldn't trash her life. So as soon as I had her, I was like, I have to get out of here. And also there was all sorts of other strange things, like people really hating on me, but a lot of people are not taking responsibility for what they did. So if you invest, you have to go through tons of paperwork and sign your name and stuff like that. And one of the things that struck me when I was in Argentina, one of these investors came over and he was one of these partners of Ernst & Young. So he's like a, an accounting firm, like super bright, actuary, blah, 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 very posh. Now, what was interesting about him, for example, he was complaining about all this other stuff, but then he was talking about this deal that he bought in Krakow, which is in Poland, but he bought it with the people that he thought we were terrible for introducing them to. So it was a deal nothing to do with us, Mm. but he kept using those people. I was like, hang on here. How did you invest there, which had nothing to do with us? It's kind of like you'll get as much fault as you attract and as you allow. So it was easy for people to dump on me because I don't have any boundaries about that. And it's, own, and it's also easy to people to dump on you if that's what you believe about yourself. So you, people cannot dump on your ground what you don't think you are. Yes. So if, they cannot. It's impossible, right? So people thinking everything's my fault is just 
normal for me. I was like, yeah, bring it on. Everything is my fault. My culpa, ah, you know, like this. So it helps to see that, that you're in these patterns and also what you're responsible for and what you're not responsible for. There's a very thing to learn about what responsibility looks like. You can't take responsibility in all relationships because they're 50-50 deals. It's a relationship between me and the investor. It's not just me. And that's not to take away my responsibility, but it's also not to give me responsibility, which is not mine. So one of the things that really helped me, and this is amazing realization for me, was that I obviously felt shit. And I just knew that whatever I did was never going to be enough for people. And so I moved to Australia and I had a newborn baby and I just, I don't know, went into complete mummy mode and just let everything go. And I was feeling shit and I, I moved back near my family because I'd never really been close to my family. But when you've got the whole world hating on you, you want this unconditional love. And that was a bit of a mistake because that wasn't there for me. <laughs> so that was clearly what I was looking for and I didn't get it. So I realized that I thought I felt shit because I failed, but then I realized I failed because I felt like shit. It was like a complete turnaround. I was like, oh, okay, I've got this identity where I'm not good enough. So I've already started my business life with this seed of I'm not good enough. And so I I grew a a not good enough tree. And it was like nothing in that was ever going to be working because I was never going to be good enough. I was never going to get it right. I was never going to be good enough. And that was something I brought already with me to the party. Mm. It was like, you know, somebody brings the drink, someone brings the crisps. I bought that hey, you know, this is, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm already a failure before I even started. That was my perception of myself and that was what I needed to heal. Mm. And that was what was there for me. This was a situation I couldn't make right. It was huge. We're talking about thousands of people. I was in um, national newspapers. If you Google me on certain forums, you will find shit. And those people are really mad and that's okay. Like they're, they're entitled to be mad. I don't need to stop them being them for me to be okay. Their, their feelings are valid. You know, they didn't get what they were wanting and I accept that. I can also apologize to that and I can take the responsibility I need to do for that, but I can't make it right. And that was really, really hard because all of my people pleasing stuff was like, I just need to fix this shit. And we're talking 300 million euros worth. Those are like the overall sales. I got like a very small percentage of those as a broker, but still. And also I was always going, well, you have this money and, you know, you don't get the money till the development's finished. If the development doesn't finish, you don't get the money. So it was not a, I didn't ever have 300 million. And then this 300 million became this bit of a witch hunt. Mm. She's got 300 million. She must be a crook. She's living in Argentina. She stole all the money. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, wow. And then there was a whole lot of lawyers that would get all the investors riled up and go, pay me $5,000 and I'll sort this. But it wasn't anything that could be sorted. So they were just getting more money out of people and people were getting more frustrated. So if you've got 100 investors and you get $5,000 from all, the lawyers were making a huge amount of money. And then I had one law case that was a high court injunction. My assets were frozen. I felt like this pariah like this awful person and then that's when all the goodness started to come through because I just I'd fallen I had nowhere to go I was on the ground and the ground is a safe place just in case anyone's interested you know if anyone is looking for safety 
the ground is a very safe place. It's available to all of us. So, you know, you have to ask if you're on the ground as yourself and people don't like you, well, that's just nothing you can do about that. And if people like, I've written a book for my daughter called Not Everyone's Gonna Like You. Um, and I feel like it's a really beautiful realization. My daughter is mixed race. My husband is not, he's born in London, Nigerian backgrounds. So one of the conditions he was like, if we have children, you have to tell them about life. You can't pretend they're white and that they've got this white privilege because you'll do them a big disfavor and someone will arrest them one day in Coles for eating grapes that you can do <laughs> as a white person and you won't have done your child a favor, which is really a bit full on. So she, before she went to school, I had to explain to her that not everyone was going to like her. And it was really heartbreaking. I was like, why do I have to do this? And I explained to her that not everyone's going to like her and that you know, that's okay. And I, um, and afterwards I felt like, oh, I wish someone had told me this. So I was forced into telling her this stuff that I felt too young. I felt like, why? I don't want to rain on her innocent little parade here. But no one told me not everyone was going to like me and that that was normal and that I didn't have to like everyone. And I was like, this is really something. And this idea that we're supposed to be successful, the idea that we're supposed to be linear, the idea that life is a certain way is not correct. Like we've been all taught this very capitalistic, your value is in money. Like that's why, for example, we can cause the amazing environmental damage and still think that that's okay because that's that's like the, a forest isn't a value. Mm. Like we don't value those things. Like I love the way that you always talk about souls because our souls are our most valuable thing, but they are not given value. Mm. Whilst all this was going on in parallel, I was also always going to India twice a year and being a Hare Krishna. So I'd go from this um amazing, very full-on investor lifestyle to go sleeping on a bench with rats and like bathing out of a bucket and trying to renew <laughs> my soul, which is I think one of the reasons why I got through all of it because I feel like if you can hear a, some kind of spiritual message, if you're awake something about your soul, then that's where the magic is. And I remember him saying to my brother, so you're Andrew and you're doing all these things for your body and you're doing all these things to make money. And he was like, but what are you doing for your soul? And it was this beautiful question. Like our soul's a thing that we can do things for. And I feel like it's, it's just, it doesn't get talked about. So the things that we value, we can change our values so that I feel more successful now than I did before. So in terms of answering that question around success, that is what you would maybe call a reframe. <laughs> like if, if am, I am I not successful? On what, you know, for whom? That's so beautiful to hear. I love that takeaway that I, I feel more successful, though the world might consider what I had before as success, I feel more successful now. Um, yeah. That's so cool. So I love what you said about how when you were sort of receiving hate from people, yeah. you only really felt that when it had something to stick to in you, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. that sense of I'm not good enough. So, yeah, okay, like, yeah, I'm not good enough. And then at some point you were just kind of like, hang on a second, I, I can only take responsibility for so much here. Yeah. Um, and that, <laughs> that one of the things I know I've had to convince myself of or the belief that I've chosen is that even if someone doesn't like me, I'm still safe. Yeah. Um, 
And also people, what you say, people don't even know what they like or don't like. Like, for example, one of the forums, we had these forums about us all the time. So like I probably had about 10 minutes in this year, this went on for years, where I actually thought I'd made it. And I was a bit of an asshole in that 10 minutes, if I'm honest. I drank pink champagne, I smoked cigars, I I did speaking gigs where I my sales team would 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 talk to people and every time I spoke, I raised a million. Every time. So I was like, yeah, my shit doesn't stink, but only for 10 minutes. And that was a part of me that needed to be out there. So if you're worried about success will change you, it's a bit like I don't believe we do things when we're drunk that are not in us to do. So if I'm really drunk, like I have been in my life a few times drunk and I can't remember what I did, I know I haven't slept with the postman because I don't, I, I didn't want to sleep with the postman. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if I could trust myself because I know what's in me. So from that point of view, if people want to know if they'll change when they're successful, it depends what's in them. And the thing is, if you find out you're a bit of an asshole, you can change that. Running a business like that is mostly firefighting. And in a business that size with that much going on, it was more like bush firefighting. So for all of the what it looked like, it didn't feel like that. And yes, there was some arrogance in me and some ego in me that that got triggered and reacted. And, you know, people literally thought that I was from Devil Wears Prada. And I was like, wow, that is not who I am. And then people project all this stuff on you. Like, I was never Devil Wears Prada. I'm just too messy a personality for that. I am and I've always been a mess. And I love that about me now. And I feel like as well, what happened to me, I had to accept all these parts of myself that I was so desperate to hide. Oh, you know, this part of me being this kind of person or that kind of person, I I have to accept all of them. And when you were talking about board meetings once in one of the things, I always thought you meant all of our personalities inside us coming for a board meeting. And I was like, yes, you know, like I, I have this very alpha female that sits on my board and I have to make sure that she doesn't run off with my show. And my current husband just does not like her at all. He's like, oh no, here she is, the bitch. I'm very delegatey in that, that persona, that part of me. And that's just one of the things that I am when I'm overreaching and overstriving. And, and when I'm coming from a much more heart-centered place and not that place, then she just doesn't, she's just gets to be like a, like a passive board of directors. She's not running the show. I hope that's making I sense. That. I love yeah. that. She's a part of you, but she's not necessarily, yeah, running yeah. the show. I yeah. That. And I can Gosh. love her. The thing about the wreckage of my life is sometimes I wanted to pull her back because she, she gets shit done. And I was like, can't I just keep the successful bits? And I had to surrender to the oblivion of you don't get to keep any of this stuff and you get to start again. I really got to see the foundations of myself, like my parent patterns, how I got made. And then I got to choose. So instead of being this person that was just doing the same thing over and over again on repeat of patterns that I got from parents and generations of dysfunctional people, like bless them all. But there was some, there's some mighty dysfunction in my line, you know, and I'm a part of that. So I feel like there needs to be this ritual when you get to go, I am not my parent pattern. I'm not my insecurities. Who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to build? And that was why I loved getting smashed up because my last place was a Dubai high rise. Where I live now is a bungalow on the stand in Fiji. (laughs) 
it's so much more beautiful. The beach is just there. There's no first floor. There's no stairs. And I choose to live there all the time and I choose not to build on her. I don't want to build another house with a swimming pool when I have the sea and I have what I need. And I feel like now I get to choose. And one of the things I've noticed is that we think that we have choice and we're not making choices. Like the, the penthouse building thing wasn't a choice for me. It was a reaction. And now I get to make choices. If you're deeply traumatized by something or if your patterns are running you, you don't have choice in that moment. You only have choice in hindsight. And then from that moment, you can go, oh, next time I have choice. Next time I, I see that I have choice. And then you get to operate out of that choice as opposed to thinking, you know, this weird way that we should have done something differently. Because I feel like that's a really big nightmare for people. I should have done this. I should have done that. And I'm like, you could not have done anything else. You're operating out of these patterns. You've grown a tree from this seed. It's impossible for that tree to be another tree until you take it out or you transplant something else on top until you consciously choose what tree you want to grow, you know? So it doesn't really make sense having regret, right? Because you could only do what you could do at the time. Everybody's doing the best they can based on their model of the world and our model of the world evolved. So yeah. what you could do later, what feels in integrity later is quite different to what might have felt in integrity or, you know, yeah. a choice that might have made sense back then. Yeah. So cool. So much gold in this. There's so much value in your story. So tell us what you're doing now. If um, I'm sure there'll be people who are like, I need to talk to this woman. She's great. Tell us what you're doing now. Okay. So what I do now is I'm writing some books about not everyone's going to like you. I've also got a memoir called My Husband Left Me for a Burger. I was married for 19 years before. So I feel like I've had a lot, quite a lot of lifetimes, right, in my stint. So that was about how lonely I was in that marriage. So My Husband Left Me for a Burger is like the memoir of all of these different stories, basically. So I want to write that. And I'm writing these children's books. So I kind of primarily shift myself into the writer. You know what? I have to say... It's amazing what I have not allowed myself to do. I, I really strongly see this identity we create and it has these perimeters and it's there to protect us. We create these identity sort of ego compounds and they're made up of beliefs and the beliefs hold up the barbed wire. And when we hit the barbed wire, that's electric charge and we feel fear. And that's what fear is when you're moving outside of your identity and you can create this new identity and one of the identities I've never been able to have as a creative was like no you're not allowed to have that identity you have to be productive I have got amazing blocks about allowing myself to be a creative so that's really interesting so for me to be able to say that uh, to write is like a massive breakthrough it's not something I take lightly at all like that was just not something that I was allowing for myself and then I um on top of that I have clients like I said I have no idea what to call myself. I don't really care what I call myself because once you've been a Hare Krishna, you just don't care. Like that is the worst brand in the world. Like I grew in India, so I wasn't in the Western thing where everyone thinks of symbols, ching, 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 and running down the street trying to get everyone's money off them. So if you're okay to say that you're a Hare Krishna, you're okay to say you're anything, honestly. Like titles don't really bother me, but energy-wise, I feel like I'm just there for people to go through transitions, really. That's what it seems like and hold space for people while they 
transition and expand and dismantle their identities. So these identities that we create, these egos that we create, they try and keep us safe, but ultimately they're very damaging because we're very disconnected. And it like, I don't have a lot of boundaries up. I've been really fortunate to not make this about protecting myself because it's actually the opposite. I feel more like if I walk around and I have no protection, I'm almost safer because like, I'm just a little ball. Like I'm not like this compound. And I meet people who've got compounds like safe houses, you know, with panic buttons because of their past and how we've all reacted to different things. So my thing is just about helping people to just choose identities for themselves as opposed to what happened to me. Like a lot of people, and they're really young, they think they have to be this thing. And I'm like, you really don't. So I kind of just help people give them permission to be who they really want to be. And if you're listening to your soul, you don't have to have the building fall down. That was just me because I'm a stubborn motherfucker. Like the universe is so loving that it was like, okay, honey, now we're just going to have to crash this thing down to save you, which is really nice. But if I'd have listened, I didn't need that. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not giving the message that, hey, your building has to fall down, hit by a tsunami. You know, I'm saying that if you listen to your soul, and that's why I love about what you're doing, I'm so fucking living for that because I was like, if you can make little stepping stones and follow this, the, that across the water, that's the way to have an amazing life. So, you know, you, we only get beaten up when we don't listen to those messages, however they come to us, you know, because they were 100% always there for me and I 100% ignored them. That's amazing. Gosh, you've got so much beautiful wisdom to share. Thank you. I feel like I could talk to you for hours and I'd love to do that one day with a glass of wine, of course. Um, but I, <laughs> maybe not champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a massive drinker at all. Um, and I definitely don't smoke cigars now. So we won't, <laughs> we won't be smoking cigars and, you know, making, doing stuff. But like all of that was massive fun. I'm just really glad that I did all of that because it was in me to do. You know, like if we're talking about following your desires, they were real desires. But when I got there, they didn't feel very satisfying. Mm. But I suppose as well, my mom was always someone who was regretting. She was like, I would have done that if blah, blah, blah. I would have done this. I would have done that. And I didn't want to be the person that made stories up about what I would have done. I wanted to do the things. And by doing the things, even when they don't work out, you're, you learn. When you're not in action about doing the things, you're in complete fantasy mode. And the fantasy just doesn't help you. The action helps you. And um, so that's why you can't regret it. And I fucked up really recently. Like that was how we were connecting it. I, I went, oh, I'll work with this person. It was just a nightmare. So I'm not this wise person that's beyond fuck-ups. I fuck up still all the time. I'm just kind of like I get the lesson faster I transition faster. I say, oh, thank you. That was the last piece of the jigsaw puzzle of this because I have had a tendency to hide since this happened to me because I was a little bit on the fearless side and now I know what it's like. So I feel like I need to be fully present who I am for me to really shine. And that's it's taken some time. Like this is 
this all happened to me like eight years ago. And now I've got a seven-year-old daughter. I like, it's taken a long time. And I think time is something that people do not give themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, because they're comparing, they're like, oh, I've got to do this now. I've got to do that. And, now, and, and actually timing is something very important. And when we're talking about planting trees and stuff, you can't force your tree to blossom. Mm-hmm. You've got to give yourself what you need. And this transition of mine has taken time energy and I've always been am I ready yet am I ready yet look I'm ready because I'm like that right and and it's like now you're not and there's like I'll go fuck up and do this and go fuck up and do that and then it's like oh okay now I know so I feel like what I'm here to do I think has always terrified me like I've I think I've always been really very spiritual person and I've really been very scared of that because I feel like there's a lot of um weird stuff around religion and spirituality you know like a lot of it is super weird like you know the eve story about how women are just the worst things and they'll make you eat these apples and they're the basis of all this shit and and like religion and forcing us like i feel like i've been on a bit of a journey around all of that as well about like listening to your own soul because like i my guru that i had in india he had hundreds of thousands of followers but most of them were fairly ego based so it's not a really easy thing to go oh now i'm spiritual <laughs> you know what i mean it's like oh great um but i and i think that yeah like all of those things that that are your genuine purpose are they have a little terror attached to them i'm going to be absolutely honest like it doesn't feel like oh yay let me, you know what I mean? But at the same time, um, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> it's so cool to hear someone who's been through what you've been through say exactly that phrase. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Lose millions of dollars, have lots of people hate your guts, be yeah. in newspapers. Yeah. Like that's what, yeah, and I'm fine. You, can I say one thing? Because I know we've got to go. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of beautiful people. Like I realized I concentrated on those guys that were really mad and people wanted to friend me on my Facebook. I had one situation where I was really naive and I pushed someone friend button on the thing and someone went to town on my ass and said, you, do you realize that this woman's an evil blah, blah, blah. I wrote this kind of article and attached it. And someone was trying to tell me that it was on my Facebook and I was, I don't know, running around living life and didn't see any messages. And so I think it was up there for about a day. And and, and it was a bit scary, but at the same time, if you were going to believe that about me, you're going to believe it about me. Yeah. You get to know me. Is it true? I, I don't know. You know me. I'm your goddamn sister. So if you want to believe that about me, you already believe that about me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, get to know the people and say, is, is, is that what you really think I am? And, and that's why it's important that you don't think you're that. Like, am I perfect? Yes, I'm an absolutely massively imperfect person. But am I, am I like a thief or am I going to like do things deliberately to hurt people? Absolutely no way. And did I make mistakes? Yes. Would I do that again if I had a choice? No. But that doesn't make me into a bad person. No. Yeah. So that's the different, that's the juggle, that's the wiggling around to find out what's your truth. And then the healing that, like now I honestly feel like this little sphere and you can't really throw that much shit at me because it just doesn't stick. Mm. It's like, nah, yeah, you're like, you're an imperfect person. I'm like, you're damn right I'm an imperfect person. 
Mm-hmm. You fucked up. Yeah, you're damn right I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then it's like, okay, well, I can't really go any further with this. Even the woman on Facebook, I understood her energy. Like I didn't, I, I didn't know. I was terrified at the time, but at the same time I was like, you know, vent, baby. Like I can handle it because I'm still here. And we can't shut down everybody's emotions just because we don't like them. And if we, if we let them run, they run out of steam. And I, I meant to say the other thing, some of the people on the forums that were hounding us all the time, they weren't even real. They never invested with us. So, again, there's a whole lot of um, energy around the internet of kind of trolls and sad people or even bots of competitors. Like there's a whole lot of unreality. So you also need to be aware of that. So you might be freaking out about something that's not real. And also I doubt anybody can make as much trouble as me. Like it's a challenge. (laughs) If you can go out and make this much trouble, (laughs) then hats off to you. But I, I know the people that you're working with and they are dear, sweet souls. So I'm like, what are you so afraid of? Because what are you going to do? Do you know what, what have you done? Have you got murdered people in the cupboard that we don't know about? Because if you've not done anything wrong, and even if you have, like it's owning that shit. Like, for example, Glennon Doyle, who we both love, was an absolute alcoholic. Mm. She would have fucked people over in that state for sure. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, she's not saying I'm a perfect person. She's saying I'm a recovered addict. Mm. And so if you make sure you don't get taken off a pedestal, don't build one. Just stay on the ground and say, I don't need a box. I'm fine here, you know, Yeah, and stay in your knowledge and stay in your center. And you, you can't be hurt from that place. It's literally impossible. And, and everything else is just a projection or a judgment. And it's not a real reason to stop your light from shining. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful point to complete on um so much gold here i will drop some links to come and find you and connect with you or work with you or check out your books that are coming and all of that i want to massively and um genuinely thank you it's the the honesty and the love with which you share your story is extraordinary and deeply appreciated so thank you thank you sweetheart it was so funny because i was going to be on this podcast and i was like oh shit, I know my website's down because I didn't bother renewing it. And then there's, and, and my and my page is a mess. And I was like, you know what? I was running, going to run around and sort it all out so I looked super professional. But I was like, you know what? This is who I am. I think I should run a course called Unprofessional. This is who I am. This is the energy of who I am. And I thought I'm going to literally keep it real so that my point of evolution is exactly what you see, basically. I think that's so, great. Thank there you. are a lot of people that run really like successful, <laughs> funny using that word, um, on, yeah. from their personal profile, like successful businesses from their personal yeah. profile. It's it's totally valid. So I'll just link to that. I'll just link to you. So then if someone wants to work with you. Yeah, can- my Instagram, like I think I, ha- yeah, like my, where, where I just show up and write things about life. My One of my clients was like, you never write anything about business on your Instagram. And I was like, business is life. The only thing that I really think of value is business is that it forces you into personal development yes yeah you know because you can't handle it you can't handle the people and you've got to freaking grow 
I hate on the other side where people go, well, it's only business. I was telling you that that was what the person that I the last work with was like when they screw you over and it's like, well, it's just business. And I'm like, no, it's not. Mm. That isn't business. So there's a whole load of things around everything that's going on in the world. And again, I, I feel like that that's just up to us to heal our bit. It's not really, we don't need to worry about other people. Like I'm going to make this t-shirt called go heal yourself. Mm. I did this hypnotherapy and in, you could go into the hypnotherapy, you could go back and tell people you could protect your younger self and you could tell the people in, the, in that moment what you needed to tell them. And I was just going, go heal yourself. Mm. <laughs> That's my little slogan now. It's like, go heal yourself for me, for others. That's the message, you know. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be great. They don't need to stop attacking you. That's just not on you. You know, we've all got the capacity just to heal ourselves. And that's kind of what I think the message is. That's a good podcast name. Maybe there's a podcast in you. That would be cool. Go heal yourself. Yeah, I, I wanted to write this podcast called Downloads from Source because I feel like I get a lot of stuff that just drops down and I'm like, you know, so, yeah, I'll have to do at least one of those things. <laughs> yes. yes, please. We would all love that. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much for inviting me. Like, I seriously appreciate it. Pleasure. Such a, I can't believe I hadn't thought of that till now and I was talking to you and I'm like, will you come on my podcast? I'm like, how did I not think of this? Because it's Yeah, so yeah, it's obviously the right time. Like I feel yeah. like now's like now's the time, isn't it? Yeah. There's just this I have no attachment to looking good and I really feel that that, that is a real gift right now. <laughs> it's such a gift. Yeah. Really. Like, yeah. Stepping in the next level